0: It's a story of every homesteader's life. There's not enough hours in the day. There's never enough hands to help on the big projects. What project would you do if you could get a helping hand for a week on your homestead? Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. So this week on Thriving the Future podcast, I talk with Matt from Farm Hop Life podcast, farmhoplife.com about his 20 by 23 project next year traveling around to farms and homesteads to lend a hand with whatever the owners need to finish a project plant hundreds of trees harvest plants and process livestock let's jump into the episode so you're over yep. you're over in Montana right over in western yeah.
1: Montana yeah western montana south of missoula
0: so is it already super cold over there
1: not terribly um we get about Right now it's about mid thirties at night. I think today got the high of like 75. So we got about 40 degree swing from morning until the the peak, which is pretty typical, 40, 50 degree swings at this time of year. So not too bad. It's kind of nice.
0: So do you have one kid or you have another one on the way now?
1: Uh, We have two kids now. So Uh uh, I have a two year old and a three month old. Wow. Yeah. Pretty cool. She's That's adorable. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats. Thanks man.
0: Okay. So you're 20 by 23 or 20 times 23 project.
1: Yeah. The 20 by 23 project.
0: Everybody who's a homesteader knows that there's not enough hours of the day. They know that there's just not enough hands to get stuff done. If I started talking to some of my friends and said, Hey, you know, if you got projects around here, what can we do to help? And we'll go over and we'll um, help some guy cut down a tree. The day after Christmas, we had a tree snap a water main going into my house. And so we all dug it up. So there's there's plenty of stuff at any given time on any homesteaders list of stuff to do. And what you're looking at is uh, going on the road, helping out on people's homesteads. Give us a little bit of background here how that works.
1: Do you want like the genesis of it? Like how did it start?
0: Sure. Yeah. What was it? What inspired you? That's
1: I started out as like a handyman for like one gig. Mm -hmm. I was just trying to get like some side side income. I'm like, well, this this is cool. I'm making 50 bucks an hour, but this sucks because it's taking me away from my family, like on the like away from my already like day job. Right. Mm -hmm. So how can I bring I was thinking, how can I bring my family with me to this to jobs that I'm at?
0: Right. Were you traveling for the jobs?
1: Uh, no, not for that, not that far, but it's okay. just still like I'm gone eight, nine hours on a Saturday when I should be home. Right. Sure. Sure. And, um, and it just kind of, that just kind of rested in the back of my mind. And I go, uh, to a friend's, uh, ranch. he has got like 120 acres, um, you know, cows, pigs, lots and lots of chickens at the time. Uh just the whole the whole nine and I'm helping them out. I'm like, how could I like stay here? (laughs) Because this place is like (laughs) paradise. He lets me hunt there and stuff. It's sweet. That's great. Um, yeah. And so I'm like, what if I'm like, I I've got a homestead, I need help. I feel like other people need help. Let's just go to them. And so I pitched the idea to my wife, and she's like, What are you even talking about? Like that sounds (laughs) what? this makes no sense. I'm like, okay, just hear me out. And then, so we just kind of like, I could just kind of like let it sit for a little while. And we're both very much into traveling and like exploring. I mean, she's been to almost all 50 states and I've been to like five or something. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, when you live in the last best place, I mean, do you really need to go anywhere else? Turns out you do. Uh, you <laughs> do need to get out and explore still. Uh, we were just on on a road trip. Uh, two actually but coming coming back here pretty sweet feeling but anyways there's a lot to see in this in this great nation and there's a lot of a lot of people to help so sure like i hear like i see on twitter like these people you know struggling to get this done struggling to get that done um and then you know like you talked about like your water main like right. on the unexpected things show up on top of the planned things and so sure. Sometimes all you need is like just an extra pair of hands. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I like that more than working on my own stuff. Like, Hey, I got that. I helped that guy get that done. Or, you know, I helped that lady plant, you know, the hundred trees today or whatever it is. Right. Like, sure. Or canning, whatever, literally um, whatever homesteading thing. I want to learn it all. So, cause I'm pretty, I'm still pretty new to this. So if I can just like ask all my dumb questions and record
0: it in the process, right?
1: uh, Let's go. Let's get some work done.
0: So you got an RV and you're just going to hit the road and and help folks out, right?
1: Uh, RV is we're still looking. We actually looked at Uh one today after work. Um, They're very small for family four, but (laughs) uh, it's not like I got like an F three fifty and I'm going to pull like a forty foot trailer or whatever. Uh, I've got a half ton. And I'm going to, we were looking at like a 25 foot trailer and it's also like within our budget and stuff. So yeah. we'll make it work.
0: Because yeah. That's we not have so you. bad. <laughs> well, yeah. Your, your kids are kind of small. So that's, that's pretty cool. Wow. So are you going to start in the spring or are you going to start in the summer or what's the, what's the plan?
1: So I gave my employer a year's notice, uh, <laughs> for everyone listening. Don't do that. Yeah. Uh, year is too long. Right. I I would much knowing what I know now 6 months sweet spot 3 months fine uh depending on your relationship with your employer. I thought my relationship with my employer was pretty good that I felt bad for them that I was leaving after 5 years well by the time I'm done 6 and like you know they're I'm employee number 3 and so mm-hmm. to have a third of your uh employees gone is kind of a big hit plus you know uh employment these days you know trying to find workers sure pain in the pain in the butt mm-hmm. and so I thought it was being kind like I knew it was like kind of ridiculous giving a year's notice <laughs> but I I wanted to be nice and when you're six months into your one-year notice you're pretty much sick of each other yeah you're like why aren't you gone yet? Like, I know, I don't know why I'm still here either. Yeah. Uh, so. That's yeah, if I goes.
0: gave uh, a significant notice after about a month, they would say, yeah, we've, we've got it figured out. We'll have to let you go now.
1: Yeah. I, I brought this up on my men's forum last, on the last episode. And uh-huh. I'm pretty sure. Uh, one of the other ones, uh, one of the other employees technically my supervisor was trying to get me fired but that's alleged and <laughs> uh, we don't need to go there here so that was a whole like 10 minute venting ranting session <laughs>
0: yeah i, I heard I that heard i some did of
1: that. yeah that was uh i didn't i didn't think i was gonna bring that up but it fell out i guess
0: <laughs> yeah yeah was, that's that's great yeah you were talking about being a handyman. What other kind of skills do you have? And so what kind of skills do you bring to the table? And then also what kind of skills do you want to develop or learn in the process?
1: So I was uh, in construction for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I did siding, little bit of roofing, framing, flooring, trim work. Um, trying to think of the other... I didn't, I didn't really do a whole lot of like setting doors and stuff. I was still pretty new at like the the house that I was hired to build at the time. Some of the other carpenters took over that kind of stuff. But so then, um, so I did that for a while and now I'm an electrician. I've been doing that for five and a half years wow. and been at my uncle's farm a couple of summers running tractors setting posts planting
0: mm-hmm.
1: whatever whatever new thing he gets his hands on whether it be like growing grapes or uh right or hemp whatever it is sure so i just i just like working with my hands like and what i'm hoping to learn is literally everything like when you were i listened to your last episode you're talking to just about like pawpaws right and what you what you use for pawpaws like i don't even know if i've ever seen a pawpaw and <laughs> So I don't even, I'm not sure what they taste like. I don't know. Like, do you eat them with like salt or (laughs) you said you like they kind of, you put them in the freezer and they have like a
0: caramelized kind of taste. So like little,
1: little nuggets information like that. Sure. You don't know what you don't know until you hear. Yeah. Pawpaws
0: are completely not shelf stable. So, you know, once they're ripe, they're ripe and they're going to go really, really fast. Tastes sort of like vanilla custard or banana custard. Okay. Wild twang to them. And then hmm. they get caramelized really quickly. So, you know, and, and you just basically have to go for it really quick. And then I take them and I freeze some of them for the wintertime because then they taste really, really good in the middle of the winter time.
1: Yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty tasty. Like if I ever came to uh, you're in uh, Kansas, right?
0: Yeah. Northeast Kansas. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, if I ever swim by Kansas in the wintertime, you have pawpaws in your freezer. I'm right in your freezer.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's not many of them, but there's there's some. going to be um, harvesting some chestnuts this weekend. The chestnuts are starting to drop. Um, nice. My friends planted some down at the elementary school, and then he's not been using them. So I just go and uh, get some, eat some, and then plant the rest, and then learn how to grow the seedlings.
1: Do you like little things like that? That's what I want to learn. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I listen to podcasts, audiobooks, and stuff. Nothing beats just hands-on experience and just getting like a little taste of like what everyone else is doing, seeing how sure. they do it and like what they're into and mm-hmm. how they do it. Um, right. It's going to put me pretty far ahead in terms of my, my reading ability. Like I can read just my comprehension sucks. <laughs> so
0: yeah. One of the things that I've really seen is like, so you read uh, Mark Shepard's book. And, uh, oh, stun method sounds like a great idea. Well, you can't do stun method on most trees, especially grafted apple trees, because stun method is basically you plant seeds, you wait for them to come up, you overplant them so they're really close together, you cut down the ones that don't work, and then you taste the fruit, and if it doesn't taste good, you cut that down, and you keep going until you get something you like. Most people, including me, buy grafted apple trees, plant them, and then try and stun method, leave them alone, and that doesn't work. They've got to get irrigated, and I've killed so many apple trees. It's just outrageous. Little things like that, they never talk about in the book.
1: <laughs> right. Hey, this thing worked. Uh, also expect a 10% success rate.
0: <laughs> right. And it worked in Wisconsin, but it won't work in Kansas. Right. You know, so I think I talked about elderberries. If I take elderberries and I put them in the uh, under lights down in the basement as cuttings, they'll come up and they'll do fine. But if I take them outside, it gets too hot, too fast and they die. But if I take a stick and I stick it in the ground, then they go to town. It's really crazy. You would think you wouldn't have to just stick a stick in the ground and then it takes off. So, you know, and that's worked really well. So, in fact, I got elderberries in some spots. How did that get there? So, <laughs> so yeah, it's those little things, especially with the different climates and the microclimates and everything. Cause nobody really, you know, like Ben Falk. And then, oh yeah, I don't grow rice anymore. Right. Cause the birds figured it all out and now they're all down there. And, and, uh, so he doesn't have rice anymore, but it's all, oh, it I didn't know that. Out. Yeah. He was on, uh, he was on Spearco. About nine months ago, or something like that, and he mentioned, oh. that, "Yeah, I don't, I don't grow rice anymore because the the birds were coming down and and eating it all. Hmm. They figured it all out, and it was too much of a hassle to put netting across the top.
1: So yeah, because right on the cover of his whole system design, yep, his rice patties, I guess, uh, are right on the front cover.
0: Sure, and, and he so, still like, has that's... the ponds, and he right. still utilizes the ponds, but he doesn't bother with the rice stuff anymore." Like one thing I tried last year was milpa gardening, where basically it's all this corn squash and beans and then a whole bunch of greens all mixed together and you just throw it out and then mm-hmm. it it has a different crop every month as the different things come in. And then I had a lot of success with that, so I thought that was great. And then this year it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't quite the same, right because of the heat, yeah, and also the well, the deer figured out a way to get over the fence. Uh, one thing I learned was if you plant it at different times, then one of those different crops will take off and get dominant. So the beans and the buckwheat will get dominant, and then the squash won't come in. If gotcha. you plant later, the squash comes in and then it shades everything else out. You know, stuff like that. But I've been messing around with that, and I that's one of the things that I've been finding pretty interesting. So yeah, so that's one of my experiments over the last couple of years.
1: Do you? What's your uh, rainfall like
0: so it doesn't rain hardly at all you know you you hear April showers bring May flowers that's not how it works here we get all our rain in May late May and June and then there's hardly any rain or precip during uh, December January February during the summertime it's really hot and then it'll dump like five inches at one time two Dang. inches at one time something like that so a couple of years last year, I I extended my orchard by eighty feet, and I put in I hand dug swales with a broad fork and a shovel <laughs> over Dang, a couple of months, and uh, that helped a lot. And but you uh,
1: did build swales,
0: yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah, they're little micro ditches, but yeah. I'm but having yeah. analysis
1: paralysis on my place about swales. Like, I know I need them because we have. 19 inches of annual precipitation a year <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and uh we need like we need to capture all that water that we can keep it on the on the property instead of letting it run into the irrigation ditch right below my house and right. so it's like where do i put my swales
0: we got the uh a-frame out with the sure. um, plumb bob and then figured out where everything was at and then i uh I over 2 months dug the beds and then double dug and and took the swales and put it on and made basically mounds. The apples and the chestnuts that I planted into those mounds did really well. <laughs> That's the most success I've had with apples yet.
1: It is ones that you planted in the swale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. And the
0: chestnuts, yeah. So, yeah, that was really good. I've saw I've got an example out on my other site freedomfarmer.net. You know, pictures and the layout and how I did it and everything. Oh, so nice, yeah, I'll have to give that a look. Yeah, that's pretty cool. What do you think the average day will look like for you on your quest?
1: On my quest,
0: I <laughs>
1: um, uh, get up in the morning, uh, have a cup of coffee, preferably outside, right. and um say good morning to the wife and kids get to work with whatever the the homeowner needs landowner whoever whoever i'm working for that day um i do have kind of like stipulations in in place since the work will be for free i have like a limit of like let's say 20 hours and my wife has some hours built into like what the landowner gets as well because like she wants to do stuff too but For the most part, she's gonna be a, the uh cat wrangler. A cat so,
0: wrangler, that's funny. Yeah, so yeah, my, let's talk about the gig a little bit there then. So you bring your your RV or your trailer, you park it on the homeowner's land, mm-hmm. and then you said free labor, really?
1: Yeah. Wow. Hey, I, I'm looking to learn, uh looking to help, but also create content. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people, I mean, just probably. The, all of the ones that I've interviewed plus 100x, right. right, that all are doing stuff, like they post their pictures, but we're only getting like a little like sliver of what it is they're doing and how they're sure, doing sure. it. I mean, if they'll let me, I want to open that can, I want to see, see what it's like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: help them get further than when I got this, leave it better than when you found it kind right. of thing. I don't know if your audience is familiar with Justin Rhodes' uh, American Farm Tour and the show Homestead Rescue on History Channel. I haven't seen that. Okay, it's interesting. It's TV, right? right? So take it with a grain of salt. It's ridiculous. It's a lot of drama. So I say, I always tell people, the American Farm Tour with Homestead Rescue, but without the drama. So (laughs) (laughs) we don't need to be, you know, Putting excavators in water, using chainsaws too close to her face, or something yeah, like that. Like let's yeah. just, like let's just move some goats, or change the goat pen, or fix fences, or whatever. Like w- literally whatever it is they're they're working sure. on. Let's.
0: Yeah, I liked your. I uh, want to absorb all that knowledge. I liked your episodes. You have five episodes that are right at the beginning, right about a January in your podcast where you lay out your vision. And you lay out um, how you will do income and, and everything else. I, I, don't, I won't rehash that all here. But I, I really liked how you laid that out at the beginning. That was really neat. Subject to change. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's almost a year. You're uh, coming up on a year now. A oh, months. man.
1: Yeah, we did those episodes because we knew kind of the idea of what we wanted and what we were shooting for. But people are going to have questions. Sure. And so we put that out there so people can listen and be like, "Oh, okay, I could, I could see how that could mm-hmm. work," or I'm like, uh, "I don't, I think you're missing a big part. Tell me about it. Like, let's hear it. I'm open to, I'm open to the criticism because uh, you're, you pro- maybe you got a good point. Like, you're overlooking this. Like, I want to hear it. So, yeah. But there hasn't, there hasn't been much that I haven't." Heard yet? Why don't you wait till the kids are a little bit older? Like, it's never a good time. Like, let's go. (laughs) Let's go right now.
0: It actually might be easier with the kids being younger.
1: Yeah. I think people are just like, we've been bringing up Jack Spearco a lot. You know, he always talks about like the crabs in the, like pulling down the other crabs. That's what that is. Why don't you wait? Why don't you not do that? Yeah. Just because you're miserable at your job doesn't mean I need to be.
0: (laughs) Right. Exactly make a difference.
1: That's totally fine. If this is not whatever I'm doing is not what you want to do. It's probably not for a lot of people and it's going to be difficult leaving this house, Mm -hmm. but you know what? It's going to be a a great experience for our family and especially the kids. Like they're going to be absorbing so much information. Like one of the episodes that you're referencing is like, what about the Mm -hmm. kids? Well, if we go stay with somebody, that's like a mechanic, or whatever they work on cars part time, that is a complete blind spot to me. Cars are kind of cool, and that's about as far as uh, my interest sure. in them. <laughs> so if he wants to like wrench on a on a motor, learn how to rebuild a whatever whatever, cool. Teach him how to do yeah, that.
0: Like, definitely, I'd want kids to be like Justin Rhodes kids. You know, they're like doing crazy stuff. They're rebuilding engines and stuff by now. <laughs>
1: see. You know? Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, exactly. If that's what he if that's what he wants to if that's what he wants to do, um let him do it.
0: Yeah. Has your plans changed about what you're gonna do with the house?
1: We are gonna still try to Airbnb huh? it. It's riskier right. because the off season here is like September to April. So you've gotta bring in a majority of your income from May until September, I guess. Uh-huh. But given the area, it should be in like occupancy rate and whatnot, we should be able to make it. And I I thought about different ways of like sweetening the pot for people to stay here over the winter, but also to stay on like a working homestead and stuff. The Airbnb thing has gotten so ridiculous, right? It's almost like uh, everyone is doing Airbnb right now. So what's going to set us apart from the person renting their house down the road, Mm -hmm. let's say? Where it's like, okay, we kind of have the same view. And our house is probably a little bit nicer. Mm -hmm. But also, we're on like a cute kind of little homestead. You know, we got like this, these 80 acres that'll never break below us. That'll never be developed because it's in a conservation thingy. And like there's black Angus on them. And there's a cool old 100 plus year old barn. Wow. Um, Yeah, so it's, Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of little things like that that'll set us apart. Also, my parents stay in Airbnbs when they come out to visit sure. us. And the access roads alone, we are miles ahead of anybody else having an Airbnb in the area because it's like, oh, yeah, it only takes, once you get off the main road, then it's like another 20 minutes On like the worst road imaginable to get to the Airbnb that the propane tank didn't get hooked up or whatever. Now it's cold in the in the house, and whereas us, it's it's a ten minute drive to town. Sure, feel like you're way out there. Yeah, there's
0: like a balance because I mean, if you rent, we rented when we moved. We we had a house down in Wichita, Kansas, and it's just like you can't get rid of people, especially now. You know, there's all these COVID things that that are still sticking around. Right. And, you know, I mean, the person just up and stopped paying rent. And it took six months for us to get rid of them. Wow. And we had to go to court and then they destroyed the place. That sounds cheap. Yeah. Airbnb, you just kick them out. And everybody talks about this, but, you know, you can uh, just have the sheriff shows up and remove them. Right. I, I couldn't get the sheriff to show up and remove my renter
1: hopefully we don't have to deal with anything like that, but yeah, that sounds like the better option. Yeah. So I'm not going to ask you twice. Right.
0: So I've just asked and put it out on my, uh, we've got a uh, local community group and we have a telegram channel around that. And I put it out there and said, Hey, you know, I'm talking with Matt from farm hop life tomorrow night. This is what he's doing next summer. And already had one guy said, Oh, wow. I would take time off work so I could work with him on my place.
1: Let's go. So, What's his name? Give me his yeah, number.
0: he's got all kinds of ideas. I'll put, up,
1: I'll put him on the. I'll put him on the schedule. Yeah,
0: I mean, he would fill the entire two weeks with no problem at all.
1: <laughs> Sounds good to me. We can hopefully we can get a lot done in that time. So yeah,
0: yeah, that's good. So when are you going to kick it off?
1: April first. When I gave my year's notice, we were like almost at the end of March, and so a- April first. That's my wife's birthday, and so well, I'm just giving her the greatest gift—the greatest birthday gift of all sure. time—is that I, we have no income anymore. <laughs> We're just having fun.
0: Okay, so if somebody wants to uh, have you come out next year, then how do they get hold of you?
1: Uh, they can email me Matt at farmhoplife.com, or they can go to farmhoplife.com/slash/20x23. And fill out the form there. It'll go to a special folder in my email where I'm going to start building out the itinerary here soon.
0: So folks will reach out to you at farmhoplife.com. Also check out Matt's podcast as he's planning this out. It's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, Farm Hop Life podcast. We should be able to find it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And Farm Hop Life on all the socials. Sure.
0: Thank you for listening to the Thrive in the Future podcast. If you like what you hear, click that subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast app. Also, check us out at thriveinthefuture.com and join our conversation on Twitter at thriveinthefuture or join our Telegram channel. Simply go to the Thrive in the Future website. On the right sidebar, there's a link to the Telegram channel. This episode was produced by Scott Miller, copyright 2022. Thriveinthefuture.com. next time on Thrive in the Future podcast. Perpen is back in town and he gives an update on his quest for intentional community. And we discuss worldview and mindset. That's next time on Thrive in the Future podcast. Join us at the Homestead Journal in living out the classic homesteading ethos on the path towards a simple life that speaks to the heart of humanity. We're an online community embodying and helping our members develop an indestructible homesteading mindset. Become someone who adds walk to the talk and applies proven old world protocols in a modern context. Find us at thehomesteadjournal.net and follow us at thj.net on Twitter.